Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's going on, Spokes? Your hair looks so nice, by the way. Thanks. Well, I got it cut like I think two weeks ago and like it's easy to curl now. So I just like curl it and I don't wash my hair for two weeks. So it'll like stay for two weeks, which is gross. I know. Um, But thank you. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, Nothing exciting in my life. Um, Just a busy weekend with like actual like life things, I'm going to call it like Mm -hmm. going to like the beach and a movie night and um date night with Alex or like with your mom or something so this is actually with like the team so it's like um, oh yeah, yeah that's how many train, train get together yeah. yeah so it's like a lot of social socializing social events like there's some team lifts and stuff and we have like a dinner and all of that which is just like usually not my normal but um no Alex and I have a coffee date planned for next Tuesday because that's our first day off together and the last like 18 days. Um, so <laughs> we're so opposite, but we do have that plan for us coming up on Tuesday, which is exciting. We'll get coffee and we'll go hike one of the reservations right by our house. Um, since we do live in Ohio and we have great Metro parks and actually, um, a national park, which I actually didn't know that, but apparently like the Cuyahoga national park or something is, yeah. Is- so how are you how are you doing it's been a wild week for you bro COVID knocked me on my ass so I've had COVID before right and I I was out for two days it was just like you know a fever sinus infection type of deal but Eric was on like death's store well this time it was like a flipperoo a switcheroni like I got COVID and I had a fever of like 102 like almost all week and you know all the, the the fever the headaches the sinus infection bullshit Um, And he was only out for like two days, you know, and like, I'm glad that I'm feeling better. Like I'm feeling so much better now. It just feels like a little bit like a, like underlying cold, but I cannot taste anything. Like Mm -hmm. when people were first complaining about like losing their taste, like I just thought they meant that it was like blunted. Like, you know, when you get a sinus infection, you can't smell and you flavors are just muted. Mm -hmm. No, like I cannot taste anything like Eric had a beverage and I asked for a sip and I like sipped it. And I was like, why are you just drinking seltzer water? And he was like, dude, it's diet Coke. And I was like, stop. That's not diet Coke. And I looked in the cup and it was sure as shit diet Coke, like cannot taste anything. So now I understand why Jerry from Ben and Jerry's ice cream like was so big on like texture and mouthfeel because literally the only thing I am enjoying eating is Greek yogurt. Mm. Like, cause that's like the only thing that feels good because it doesn't taste like anything. It just feels satisfying in my mouth. Yeah. I know like, so two things. One first tidbit is like, I know I worked during the pandemic. Like I worked like 70 hours a week during the pandemic. And still to this day, I don't believe in COVID. I know that's crazy, but I don't believe it. Um, So that's like my belief system, which is so <laughs> skewed because I saw people like die from it and get really sick. But yeah, the point, I just don't believe in it. Um, I mean, I just think it's like a virus and that's it. Like, I know it's like a sickness, but I don't know oh, for sure. It's just a bad virus. Like it's just, it's, it's just a virus. It's just, it is what it is. Right. 
But I know people, um, a few doctors, actually one that I can think of in particular, she's a little bit older, um, but she lost her taste. And I don't think she lost her smell, but mostly her taste. She didn't get it back for 13 months. Yeah. So maybe that's bad news, but I hadn't, I've heard like people get it back relatively quick, usually about a month or so, even though they already feel better. But another thing, a lot of people would tell me they liked eating like apples because it was like crunchy and cr- like, it was like yes. another texture thing for them. They're like, oh yeah, I just like the one girl's like, I just like, you know, they're like, yeah, she's like, I'm probably not going to have to go to the doctor for 50 years because I would eat like six apples a day. And it's like, oh my God. It's actually a really good idea. That's a yeah. great idea. Cause I actually been enjoying rice cakes because like it's crunchy mm. and then I'll suck on it. Yeah. Ew, it's like a soggy. Oh no. But like, that's the thing is I can't even taste it. So what I'm <laughs> trying to do is I'm trying to get the salt from it. I'm trying to see if I can taste oh, okay. anything and I can't, but I did oh, tell like, like listen, mushy rice cake. Oh no. Thanks. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just like regular rice then. I don't know. Do you Those think are- I don't even, I can't even do regular rice right now. Like I have to put so much salt on it where it's like at some point I'm like, this is probably too much salt. You're going to have like- a lot of salt. But I told Eric, I was like, listen, if you ever want to meet, eat out your ass, now is the time because I will not be able to taste anything. So just shave that puppy for me and let's go spread them cheeks. Yeah. You're like, honestly, like. If anyone wants to dare me like 500 bucks to go lick the fucking sidewalk or some <laughs> shit, like anything, you name it, I'll put my mouth on it. That's right. Like in downtown Charleston, where like the, the streets sometimes have like, you know, the Friday and Saturday night sins still on it. I was like, listen, if y'all want me to take a coffee mug of the street water, like, let's go. Bro, this is probably fucking pee. <laughs> It's pee. It's probably more COVID. It's probably versa some STDs in there. Like who knows? It's just a mug of fun. Oh man. I had a girl that had an STD in her eyeball yesterday. That was quite weird. Oh, was it like a, what is it? A bukkake when they all like circle jerk into your face? I guess so. Yeah. That was, I was like, she's like, well, and I was like, I don't even want to know the story. I really don't. I don't care at this point usually i'm all about it but today i'm like i just i don't even want to get into that <laughs> yeah dude i'm so bummed though because i had a hair appointment on wednesday that mm-hmm. i had to cancel because look at these roots like they're so and yours show like oh my god it's gonna sound bad but yours just show horrible like you can noticeably see them because your hair is so light in the contrast yeah i know yeah, so i look like nice. haggard mess but whatever i did wash my hair so it looks a little bit good but yeah. So we're, we're hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But hey, at least you're feeling better. And like, cause when I talked to you on Monday or Tuesday, whenever I texted you, um, you were like, you're like, I just slept for like 16 hours. I was like, holy. Yeah. Fuck. yeah. Dude, <laughs> I went on my fucking walk for the first time since I left for Tampa this morning. And let me tell you, I was so grateful to be able to just mm-hmm. go on a walk outside my house because I couldn't go outside because like it hurt to be physically outside. Like the sun was so bright. It hurt mm-hmm. my eyes. And like, I was trying to work up my endurance on my treadmill um, a few days like prior, but like to go outside and go on a walk, I was like, I will never take advantage of this again because it just felt so fucking incredible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think like when you don't have like the ability to kind of like do things that are like purposeful for us, especially as bodybuilders, 
coaches like having it stripped away it's kind of like oh my god and then like when you get it back like it just feels like the best walk of your fucking life yeah exactly and I think it's really important to just not only show gratitude especially when you're like sick and now you're healthy but also just like not viewing doing things like going on walks or going to the gym or cardio or whatever like as a chore because it's so much of a privilege to be able to do these things for yourself for you know your bodybuilding goals your aspirations whatever but like holy shit I cannot wait to just like taste again and to also go to the gym because I know the next time I step foot in the gym whether it's tomorrow or Sunday like I'm not going to be She-Hulk like I haven't been She-Hulk in quite some time because of Mm -hmm. my injury and then COVID but like I just want to go in the gym and move some load around. And if it's like 70% of what I'm used to, whatever, like at least I'll be in the gym training, doing what I love. Yeah. And that's all you can pretty much ask for right now, you know, especially coming off of an injury and then a sickness, dude, like you just got the double whammy. (laughs) I did. I did. But it definitely like, I could have handled it better mentally. Like not going to lie. I definitely had my moments where I'm like, I feel like I'm behind. I should be doing stuff. Like, I feel like I'm not growing as a person or whatever. And it's like, it was a really good time to challenge my beliefs of how I view productivity and rest and like doing things. Because sometimes I do things almost as a coping mechanism to not sit still. Mm -hmm. Because when you sit still and you're not doing anything, it's like you feel so overstimulated from doing things constantly where it's like, you know, you feel like underwhelmed, underproductive and more, 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 you know, is type that type of mentality. And for me to just sit and watch movies and sleep, I definitely struggled with that. Like, not going to lie. I struggled with that hardcore and I even cried about it to Eric. And he's like, dude, you're sick. Like these things happen. He's like, in the grand scheme of things, like it just doesn't matter that much. And that was like, a really good opportunity for me um, just to kind of learn that like, Hey, it's okay to be still. Yeah, no, it really is. And like, it's hard that first time you go through something like that, like mm-hmm. when I had to go through it and I was out for like over four months. Um, but now like you kind of build that res- mental resilience. So now every time I get pulled out, I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like, I'm okay. Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, and you just feel better, like coming back to that situation. So yeah, I'm proud of you for, taking the time and feeling what you needed to feel, even though it was kind of yeah. hard, but here you are and you'll get back to, to what you need to and feel great again here soon. Yeah, exactly. And plus my hair schedule got re rescheduled to, I think the 23rd. So my roots will be, my roots will be gone and my extensions will be moved up. So that's good. That is good. But we have an exciting topic for you guys if we're ready to jump into our topic, unless you want to do like a little Tampa recap real quick. We can do a really brief one. The Tampa yeah. was amazing. I got to meet a really, really cool people. Um, got to see a lot of great athletes. Um, I probably shouldn't say this on air, but there was a girl who like her suit didn't fit her. And like you saw her butthole on stage. So like, really? yeah, there's like it's a it's a point to like make sure your suit fits. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but overall it was a great show like Tim Gardner did a, such a great job like they had like for finals like obviously we did the national anthem but he also asked his pastor to come like do a benediction and like a prayer over the athletes and I thought that was Ooh, very nice yeah. I thought that was very classy because like I've been to pro shows before but I never had someone like a show promoter care about the athletes um 
to like want to like pray over them. And I thought that was just, like I said, that was like really heartwarming to see because like obviously both the amateurs and the pros have worked very, very hard. And just for like the production, yeah, the production, the, the show promoter, there we go. Sorry, sometimes words are still hard. The the show promoter to like ask his pastor to be like, hey, will you just come pray over these athletes and like keeping them healthy and stuff like that. Like, I thought that was just, I don't know. Like I said, I thought that was just really, really, really neat. Yeah, that's really cool. I don't think I've ever seen or heard any promoter doing that or going oh. to those. So that was pretty, pretty unique and pretty awesome. So it's cool, you know, especially for the people who are religious and spiritual to kind of bring that aspect into um, the sport, which is nice. But I'm glad you had a good time. Oh, yeah. Hunter Labrada looked amazing. Like, like unreal. Like if I saw those photos in person, like not in person, but I saw if I saw the po- the photos online i'd be like bro no way but like to see him in person i was like bro's big and i even like walked by him and i'm like he's just like so dense like so dense of a fucking human being it's like impressive because he's not that tall either because i mean most pro bodybuilders like aren't very tall because obviously the taller that you are the more like muscle you gotta pack on there to give your your physique like that dense look and he's just thick yeah big boy (laughs) for sure yeah other than that like I said it was really cool to meet people like your online friends and stuff like that it was cool to kind of like explore Tampa because Eric went as well so we went down to Tampa downtown we went to uh St. Petersburg for on your recommendation which was really cool and yeah it was just it was just special it was just a special like cute little trip and obviously end result was COVID but you know what that's okay I wouldn't have changed that for the world wonder if like anybody else got sick that you know of that one yes um uh shit i'm blanking her name uh michaela acock i might be pronouncing her name incorrectly but she won the tampa pro women's bodybuilding like she is going to the olympia and she's like hey i got covid because i was gonna do a live with her and she's like yeah i got covid um i was like yeah me too (laughs) so yeah she got sick unfortunately yeah you guys are making out doing that like don't yeah. even joke like she's like I don't know if you know her physique but like it's so impressive it's so impressive like if I got to like make out with her it would be a blessing you're like oh now I want to <laughs> but I get my taste back first <laughs> right yeah you're like I want to taste that one <laughs> I'm gonna savor it right so uh today now that we're done you know goofing off here which is great we always need that right so we have our topic of the day and it's going to be all about cardio and pretty much just a basic over of like the benefits of cardio the different types of cardio how we can measure cardio um you know signs that you're doing too much cardio um what is the best type of cardio and then how is you know cardio applied or applicable in bodybuilding um so to kind of start things off, like, obviously there's a ton of benefits to cardio. And I think, um, a lot of people initially think the biggest benefit is going to be like weight loss, which is sure is, is a part of it. Right. So, you know, but the cardiovascular system, essentially when we think about it is our heart and a lot of like our blood vessels and all of those things. And, you know, the system supplies like a bunch of like blood nutrients, oxygen to all parts of our body. Right. So, you know, when we do cardiovascular activity, it definitely like strengthens that, um, ability to produce, you know, oxygenation all over our body. And like I said, like the benefits that 
come from. It can be like a decrease in BMI, um, improved sleep, improved mood is a really, really big one. When people start moving a lot more, they tend to feel better. This is a little bit more on the extreme side, but I don't know if some of you guys have ever heard about like runners or joggers or like marathon people who get like the runner's high from doing a lot of like cardiovascular activity, which I've never gotten it because I, I just like, don't like cardio, even though I have the benefits of it. Um, but it can also decrease a lot of health complications such as like, you know, lowering cholesterol, um, decreasing the risk of like insulin, um, sensitivity or insulin resistance, I should say, um, you can have better bone health and then, you know, ultimately it can improve your body composition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think a lot of people like you get that those endorphins, those happy highs. I always think of that one scene from um, Legally Blonde where it's like happy people just don't kill their husbands. They just don't. (laughs) And like, it's true, right? It's like when you exercise and also when you like train your cardiovascular system, like you are like training your, your heart, your lungs, your blood vessels, you know, how they exchange oxygen. And what people don't realize is doing cardio, whether in contest prep, but also in your off season, like it can help benefit things like digestion because you're going to, you're going to be more efficient at the level of your cells. And so like, we're not going to go balls deep into like cellular mechanics and whatnot, but like doing cardio in your off season, especially can help give you better body composition. Like I said, improve your digestion, but also like improve your training as well by being more adaptive, right? So your body can run off like carbs, it can run off fat. And so by doing like a mixed bag of doing cardio and then doing like resistance training, you're kind of giving the best of both worlds when it comes to what fuel source your body uses for energy. And so I think that's why it is important to do some level of cardio in your off season, whether it's in the form of like low intensity, steady state with like, you know, a step goal, or it could even be something like if you want to do like sprints or like bike sprints, doing hit, like that's also another thing, or maybe you're someone that can't recover from hit. You can do, you know, like an actual cardio goal, like let's say 200 calories on the elliptical. Like there are different ways to do cardio to not only get the benefit, but also something that I think sometimes coaches, and I know I was in this camp that missed out on is also making sure you pick the right modality for enjoyment too. Because like, I'll be honest, if I had to do 200 calories on the bike, I wouldn't do it because I don't enjoy biking unless it's like leisurely. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, I just don't enjoy biking. Like, it's just not for me. Like, can I do 200 calories on the elliptical? Sure. No problem. But biking? Boo. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree with you on there, which we'll, we'll touch on when we get to like, what is going to be the best type of cardio? Cause I think that ties into there. So Ash kind of briefly explained over the different types and there is lists, miss and hit are probably going to be like the most common that either you guys have heard or like that we even prescribe. I actually personally, like, don't think I've ever really prescribed or done like miss cardio, um, which I mean, I guess you can kind of consider like your regular cardio. I mean, I always call it lists, but List can be even just walking outside, depending on kind of like where you're starting at. But um, so I'll start with list cardio. It is low intensity, steady state. It's usually at a constant or consistent pace. Like you're not picking up the speed or slowing it down. Like you're just kind of moving. Um, And it's usually over like an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, it's usually like, you know, anywhere from like maybe 30 minutes to an hour, whatever that kind of steady state can can 
be sustainable for that long time where you're not huffing and puffing, where you're not really, you know, overly exerting yourself, where you don't feel completely burnout or you're going to like throw up while you're doing it. And like Ash said, like list cardio can be anything. It can be a walk outside. It can be on the treadmill. It can be a leisure bike ride, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can do it on the elliptical if you want. So I know times where like I've done like list cardio and like I, it's not something that's supposed to be intense, right? So like I will read a book like while I'm walking on the treadmill, which people will find that insanely crazy that like they think it's hard to like read and walk on the treadmill. I don't, I find it like comforting. Um, but you can even, if you wanted to do a very low speed on the Stairmaster, but I personally think that still does require um, some, to some extent in a, a decent amount of exertion. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. For sure. I like personally doing like either, it really depends on kind of like where the athletes at or where I'm at with like my, my, training or whatever, like whatever phase I'm in. So like, obviously like I don't have a step goal cause I don't wear a Fitbit. Cause that was one of the best things I could ever done for my health was like throwing that in the trash. Cause I was like too neurotic about my numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I will just go on walks. Right. So I take my long walk in the morning and then Austin does have me doing like low intense, steady state cardio, like that list. He has me doing 20 minutes um, at a 3% incline, three miles per hour, four days a week. And that's just like what I do. So like, mm-hmm. I'll go on the, I walk, I'll get that done. And then that's that. But like, in terms of like prescribing, like cardio, it really just depends on like the athlete's job, their state of mind, like what they prefer as well. Cause for example, I have one girl, she's a figure girl and she trains dogs. So like, she's on her feet mm-hmm. all freaking day. You know what I'm saying? Like she gets anywhere between like, 15 to 20,000 steps. And it's just like, okay, well, when we're dieting, like I will definitely cut her food before I give her even more activity to do. And when her food got low enough where I was like, Hey, let's go ahead and bump some activity rather than giving her even more walking. I was like, Hey, why don't we do something a little bit easier? And why don't, why don't we actually bike? Right. Mm-hmm. So that way she's seated and she's not like, you know, doing something like a stairmaster, which is, you know, even though she's a smaller figure competitor, and it wouldn't be super high impact. It's still more fucking steps. So mm-hmm. that was something that I like wanted to do was again, assessing like the situation when it comes to like what the athlete needs. And if an athlete had a day job where they're sitting all day, I'm probably not going to give them a bike where they're sitting even longer because, you know, usually there becomes an imbalance between your hip flexors and your hip extensors. So I actually might want them walking or doing the elliptical or something like that, where they are standing and challenging different like areas of muscle groups when it comes to their hip alignment, which is something that like you want to consider for overall functionality, but also when training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think those are really good key points as well. Um, So the other next type of cardio would be like miss and it's like a step up from list. So, you know, it can be a moderate pace. I usually like to, when I prescribe this is kind of put in a target heart rate for my, um, athletes. Cause you don't want anything like too high, like their max heart rate. Um, you kind of probably want it more at like a 60 to 70% of their max heart rate. When I say max heart rate, there is like a tool you can figure out how to do it. Is it 100% bulletproof? No, it's an estimated. So I think, um, well, not, I think it's, you take 220 and you subtract your age from that and whatever it is. So like mine would be 190 
too. Mm -hmm. Um, So the older you get, the kind of lower your max heart rate gets, right? So um, with that being said, you would then kind of gauge your heart rate based on that percentage of like 60 to 70. And if it gets a little bit over than that, then you kind of know you're in a point where um, it's just too much exertion for that prescribed cardio. Like your coach tells you like, hey, we want you to stay in this mess. So like, I usually typically will be like, Hey, keep your heart rate between this and this. If you happen to notice goes over, then, you know, you need to pull back a little bit. Um, for these things, you can probably more correlate like a faster bike ride, um, jogging. Um, I've even had people do swimming for it. They can get their heart rate pretty high when they're swimming, which is crazy. Um, because I always think like, even though I have an Apple watch, it's the first one, it's water resistant, not waterproof. So I'm like, how do you know? But I guess like the newer Apple watches you can wear in the water, I'm sure with a Fitbit as well. Um, and lastly, for the types of cardio that we're going to talk about here today is HIT, um, which a lot of mixed reviews, especially in the bodybuilding community. Um, but this is high intensity interval training. Um, it pretty much consists of like short bursts of vigorous energy, Um, or exercising, and then immediately followed by like either a rest or a decrease in that exertion. So what I mean by that is say you are, so when I used to do hit, I did it on the treadmill and I would full on sprint for either 20, 30, 40 seconds, and then I would have a rest period. So And that would either be a minute, a minute 20, or sometimes even only 40 seconds. And so that way you have that typical like initial burst of that energy or burst of, you know, intense, vigorous training, and then immediately followed by either a slowed down movement. So you could either jog at that point, or when I was on the treadmill, if it was short enough, like if it was only 40 seconds, I would essentially kind of just stand on the sides of the treadmill that weren't moving Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of start sprinting again on it. Um, you know, attempts it's, it's like faster, it's harder, it's shorter. Um, and usually there is a set number around. So this is not like your list or your miss where you're doing like an hour or you're doing like 20 minutes. Like hit is usually like, Hey, we're going to do like five, maybe to 15 rounds of sprinting. Like you don't want to overdo this because it is so fast. It does burn calories a lot more quickly than any of the other ones. Um, and for that one, you're definitely going to want to do like, you know, 80 to 90% of that max heart rate that I just previously talked about. Um, So your heart rate is up there. And trust me, unless you're a fucking freak of nature, you are not going to be able to do it for like 40 fucking minutes. Trust me, maybe you can, but like that is just so much. And the biggest thing that comes with with HIIT cardio and bodybuilding is, which kind of goes into one of our next topics, is when you know you're doing too much cardio, is you can start to see um, the loss of muscle mass. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when I did hit, I always did it on the elliptical or one of those arc trainers because oh, like, I love the arc trainer. Yeah. They, what you're able to do is you can either like obviously increase your stride, but also increase the resistance. And so what mm-hmm. I would do is I would like for my 30 seconds or 40 seconds off, I would like, obviously like turn down the resistance and, you know, I usually kept my stride the same because I didn't want to fuck with too many things. Cause mentally you're just already wrecked when you do hit anyway. Cause it's just so fucking hard. But I would like crank up the resistance and I would just go. I was like gun to your head, just fucking go type of mentality. But it is so hard. And your heart rate gets pretty close to your max heart rate during those like interval mm-hmm. sprints, right? Because that's the point is to like almost toggle between like 90% of your max heart rate and then like getting it down to maybe 60%. But that really does depend on how like aerobically trained that you are when it comes to like how quickly your, your heart and your lungs can kind of recover from that short, like 20 second bout. 
And let me tell you, you fucking feel it. Like you feel your heart rate start to come down. You're like, oh my God, I can finally breathe again. Then you're like, well, shit, now I got to do it. And like that like intensity of like the back and forth, like, yeah, I mean, it again, it's it's all ca- cardiovascular health, which is good, right? But um, essentially, yeah, like you feel <laughs> the difference between the two, especially like if you're doing it fasted and you had like some sort of caffeine or like mm-hmm. fat burn on top of it, like that shit gets, it gets pretty crazy. But um, that's more related specifically to obviously bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, so should we dive into the way we can measure cardio or signs that we're doing too much cardio? We'll let you pick Ash. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about measuring cardio. Cause I want to talk about heart rate because you know, you did a really great job, like talking about how to find your max heart rate. But I also want to talk about like the percentage of max heart rate in different zones. Cause I think some people are, especially if they have a cardio background, like I do where I was a cardio bunny, I got really big into zones, right? So if we break down zone one, zone one is like 50 to 60% of your max heart rate. And this is like a leisurely walk, or like if you're walking from your couch to your fridge, like it's something where your heart is, you're just alive, right? And it's not like anything super intense, but zone two, this is where it can be considered like almost like your list. Maybe your miss, depending upon like where your heart rate targets at, we're talking like maybe 60 to 70%, but this is like a basic endurance or what we would call like the fat burn zone, which does not mean you are going to be burning more belly fat or burning fat by, you know, some magic thing. It just means that your body is utilizing fat as fuel which is again, important to understand that there are different energy, quote unquote, substrates or fuel sources when it comes to how we create energy. So it can either be fat or it can be carbohydrate. And so in this zone two, again, 60 to 70% of your max heart rate, that's where you are utilizing more fat for fuel. But again, it's not like I'm grabbing my belly fat and being like, this is burning because that's not really the point. Then we have like, other zone three, zone four, zone five, which obviously correlate to like 70 to 80, 80 to 90, 90 to 100. And these are different levels of intensities based on like usually like aerobic type of based goals. So like zone five could almost be considered that like high intensity portion when we're doing hit cardio. So I think heart rate is fine for like wanting to keep like a certain heart rate in between like you know, let's say like 120, 130, maybe 140 when it comes to wanting to like, quote unquote, burn fat, because while that's beneficial for like bodybuilders and contest prep, especially for using, utilizing compounds like yohimbine or clenbuterol, like I don't want someone to stress out over the fact that like they either have to have their, their watch on, or like, for example, if they are using the cardio equipment and they're trying to hold on to the fucking handrails, like, and trying to measure their heart rate, like, I feel like sometimes that can get super neurotic for some people. So I think it's definitely a useful tool if you have equipment that's able to support that. But Mm -hmm. I sometimes think that like, more often than not, if people are trying to like measure their pulse while they're like doing their cardio, like, it's one more fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want there to be really many barrier to entries when it comes to doing cardio. I'd much rather have an athlete like, get on the piece of equipment, do what needs to be done and get the fuck out. So I either like using like active calories or I like to do like, I'll specifically program, for example, like treadmill, 30 minutes, 3% incline, uh, three miles an hour. 
and just mm-hmm. stay consistent with that. That way I know if they're doing exactly what I say, like I will be able to change that and add more or less time. So that way we can keep progressing that way. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. So I have a little bit of a different view when it comes to adding in like the heart rate. Like I said, like I've given my athlete heart rate targets and sometimes most of the time I will do it with active calories. And here's the reason why. So the main goal for them is like, Hey, this is the active calories I want you to, to, to track. Right. And then I will have them put in how much time it's taking them to do it. And if I notice that for 200 active calories, it's taking them over an hour. I'm just kind of like, Hey, that's fine. Like that's the goal, but like, what are we doing for this kind of cardio? Right? Like, why is it taking you an hour to do 200 active cardio or 200 active calories when it literally should probably only take 10 minutes, right. Or 15 minutes. Right. So when it comes to that, adding in like a heart rate, I'm just like, Hey, like, let's make sure our heart rates over X, Y, and Z beats, or, you know, try and get it up. Or even at that point, it's like, Hey, I'll give them a time like here, like your active calories should be done with X amount of time. And then I like to be like, Hey, like if we are in contest prep, it's a little bit like try and beat that time by 30 seconds by one, like, you know, so that way we kind of maintain that intensity because one thing when you so previously, like I'm going to tie in what you said here is, you know, you gave your athletes like the incline, the speed and the time, right. Which is all great, right. Those are great ways to measure the time, the frequency, the amount, um, and very nitpicky. So previously I never had that. I never had a coach do that. Um, it's either been active calories or just time. So I know when I got deeper into prep and I was fucking tired and I did it for fucking six months and I had low food that my 60 minutes was definitely not done at the same intensity that 60 minutes was at the first point. Um, so I think it's really great that like you either have some type of added in, I know you said it's a lot to track in, but just like a baseline, nothing that's hard, nothing that's like, you know, going to stress you out. And if it does, that's a communication that you need to have with, with your coach. But as far as like when we want cardio to be that effective, like there does need to be a little bit more stricter guidelines. So whether that is, you know, tracking those active calories, whether it is by time with, you know, specific amount of the incline or the resistance on whatever machine that you're using, um, the frequency, how many times a week you are doing it or your heart rate. Like, I think those are all great, really good tools. And like, if you are working with a coach and that is something that, um, will be discussed to kind of make sure that you are getting the benefits that come with doing cardio. Yeah. So I will only do like minutes with like adjustments if the athlete only has access to a treadmill, but mm-hmm. on the elliptical, like there are too many things to toggle that it's like, okay, rather than being like 4% resistance, because every elliptical is fucking different. It's like, okay, well, now you're just gonna have active calories, right? And normally I'll tell them like, shoot for like 10 calories a minute and go mm-hmm. from there. Like that's a pretty good starting point and beat it, right? Like you beat the logbook when it comes to your reps and, you know, whatever. Same thing with cardio. And depending upon like, not necessarily on how much I trust them, but like just for accountability, I'll be like, show me. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see that you're beating your cardio because it, it is right. Like, especially if you're in contest prep or even just a dieting phase and you've been dieting for a while, like shit gets, you know, shit gets hard. So it's easy just to be like, oh, I don't want to beat this today. But it's like, you want to beat it. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you do start to lose weight, because when you're losing weight, you're not moving as much mass. So mm-hmm. therefore you're not doing as much work. So you want to make sure that you are still working to 
you know, do the goal that needs to be, you know, accomplished. Right, right on. Yeah, no, I think that's all good points there because we do want to make sure that we are getting, like I said, the benefits and accomplishing those goals. And we're not just like wasting um, our time and efforts essentially. Well, that's just everything as a whole, right? So another good topic that we're going to dive into or subtopic of cardio is signs that you're doing too much cardio. So mm. what would that look like? Which Ash is probably going to be an expert on this. So I'm just going to say a few things because, you know, she was a cardio bunny. And let me tell you, my cardio background is I played soccer for 17 years. So I ran up and down a field. And then the day that I hung up my cleats, um, I have hated cardio ever fucking since. So um, this is the first time that I've ever done cardio in my off season. It is three times a week and it is 150 active calories. Cause that's all I'll give. And it takes me eight minutes because I fucking am doing hit while I'm fucking running on the arc master. Like I swear to fucking God, but anyway, so because I hate cardio, even though I know it's so good for us. So, um, signs that you're doing too much cardio, the biggest one that we're going to obviously probably talk about mostly here is the loss of muscle mass. Cause that's really important when it comes to bodybuilding, which, you know, is a lot of our audience here or just anyone in, in general too, is because if you're trying to have a healthy physique, like you want to make sure that you do have like muscle mass, there's so many benefits to it. And we could do a whole nother podcast on that, but, um, losing muscle mass is going to be a really, really good sign that it's too much. You become, um, very, very skinny. You look skinny fat, which is like a huge thing that I'm sure a lot of people have dealt with. Um, number two, that you could be, um, a sign that you're doing too much cardio is poor recovery. Um, you know, that you're just feeling extremely sore. You can't hit your lift the next day. Um, you literally are just drained. Like you have no energy to do anything the rest of the day. Um, number three is going to be inflammation. So a lot of people are always like, oh my God, cardio is going to make me feel so good. I'm going to be so lean. I'm going to be so tight. But if you're overexerting your body, there is going to be an inflammatory response that is going to come with that. So you'll be like, why do I look so swollen? Or how come I'm doing all this cardio? Maybe I need more cardio. And it's backfiring in your fucking face, yeah. essentially. And then I would say one more thing that I just thought of is, um, if you're like, constantly getting injured too. I think I see a, like, I know for me when I'm deep into prep, I start to have like a lot of like knee pain on my joints and ankles from doing a lot of it. Um, like I have mostly always done really high incline or stairmaster. So it makes sense as to why my knees will start to hurt. And I'll even wear like, um, my knee sleeves while I'm doing cardio and look like a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Or I've like taped my knees before I'm like, just for cardio, I'll like show up like fasted cardio in the morning with my like the michelin man just all wrapped up yeah they're like you haven't even done anything you're just walking i'm like this shit hurts because i've been doing it for so long but it is important to note that like the more that you're doing it and doing it like you are putting a lot of stress on those joints obviously when it comes to bodybuilding again it is a necessity right when we're trying to it is an extreme sport so it does get to that point but there are ways that we can can definitely monitor take into consideration prevent um injuries from happening related to, you know, too much cardio. Um, so those are going to be like the four things that come to my mind. And I'm sure Ash has a whole bunch to say on it because she probably physically and mentally has experienced all, all of, of them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Every single fucking one, especially my first contest prep, because again, I was vegan at the time. And if it fits your macros vegan, and I had a coach that loved prescribing hit cardio and, um, bliss or miss, whatever you want to talk. I, I guess it was more miss. Cause it was like cardio on the Stairmaster. Okay. So I was doing like 20,000 steps a day. So guess neat or list, if you want to call it that, cause I was walking. Right. And then I had 60 minutes of Stairmaster and then 
like three or four times a week, I had hit cardio too. So yeah, I lost a lot of mass on my legs and I didn't even have a lot of, I didn't have mass or ass to lose. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. there was definitely that. And then like, I think a big telltale, telltale sign, there we go, of like not being able to recover from all the inflammation from your cardio is a common complaint is my legs feel like cinder blocks. They feel like concrete. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 And it's like, well, that's a a good foolproof sign that like that stress is accumulating. Right. And I'll be honest, sometimes you just have to suck it up and move through it. But like, there are also times where it's like, okay, well now we need to like wash off that fatigue, you know, do some things for recovery, maybe like do a cardio break, a diet break, whatever, because as that accumulates, your body's going to start to really push back and fight against you. And that obviously isn't the goal, especially when we're dieting or doing a contest prep, right? It's like the goal is to make this as painless and seamless as possible for the most part. So yeah, I definitely experienced almost all of these things. Like the edema was so bad, you know, you push mm-hmm. in your legs and it almost looked like fucking silly putty. Cause you could like put your face in it and your face implant would still be in your fucking calves. Yeah. Um, your feet would also hurt like the balls of your feet because like, yeah. Yeah. So it really is just important to stay on top of recovery and like listening to your body and just again, communicating with your coach too, because like we don't live inside your body. So we don't know if it's in pain. So this is where it's not one of those things where it's like, don't it's, it's so hard because like, sometimes it is like a suck it up buttercup type of moment, but you do need to tell your coach just so that way it's like, okay, well, this is something we need to push through for right now. Or it's something like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't push through this. Like let's pull back. But like, you and your coach kind of have to like have that conversation to make Mm -hmm. the best decision with your circumstance. But for me, like all those signs and also like, just like declining mood, declining like your, your motivation, your willingness to want to do things. Because like, as you start to get so overwhelmed and inflamed, like your I don't want to be dramatic and be like, your body starts to shut down, but like, it almost does start putting up like defensive barriers to be like, Hey, Like, if you keep going, we're going to fucking make you stop. So it's kind of your job to be like, oh, hey, I recognize those traffic cones. Let's kind of take a detour here. Right. Like the red flags are popping off. Yeah. And another thing, just one little tidbit is like, it can get to the point where it becomes too extensive that like you start to have more like, I don't want to say health complications, but like if you're doing too much cardio, you can mess up your hormones. You can lose your cycle. You can do, which this is again, a whole nother topic for another time. But like, just saying that, like, if you are one of those people that is currently outside of bodybuilding, because like we said, that's, that's, you know, a definitely different breed and that can happen. um, You might want to take into consideration reevaluating how much you're doing. If you're seeing some of these red flags and trying to pull back to save yourself, um, not only the the physical health aspects of it, but also the mental as well, if it stops working. Um, so to nextly, now that we've talked about some negative things, what is the best type of cardio? Cause I get that question a lot too, even from my athletes. That's like, what should I be doing? Like, what's going to be the best for, for prep? What's going to burn the most fat or what's going to make me look the most shredded or whatever. And I typically say like, whatever you're able to do consistently, um, whatever isn't painful, whatever's slightly enjoyable and you have easy access to, like, if you're like, oh yeah, like I go to this one gym that's 40 minutes away and they have this super cool, I don't even know, like 
maybe they only have like one fucking stairmaster there and then they don't have a stairmaster at the one by gym by your house that you're used to going to don't commit to doing the fucking stairmaster all the time mm-hmm. because then you're going to be driving 40 minutes or you're going to be stressed and if it's something that you don't like don't do it like ash mm-hmm. talked about the bike i fucking hate the bike so when i think of like something that isn't like painful like for me personally sitting on that bike seat hurts my pubis bone it hurts my fucking asshole i don't know if it's because the way that my legs are or my ass is, but whatever it is. And even if you are deep into prep, when you have no fucking ass, it hurts to sit on that bike. And if you're going to be doing it for 40, 50, 60 minutes, it's not going to be good. You're going to hate it. You're mm-hmm. mentally going to resent it. Um, So I always say, as far as like the best type of cardio is something that you're going to be able to do over and over and over and like find some type of enjoyment, get some type of benefit out of it. Um, and like you have the access to it. Like you don't want to be kind of going all over the place. I know Ash said she specifically, she will say like, do it on the treadmill, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sometimes people like that. They just like to take the thinking out of it. Um, mm-hmm. and it, you know, you have to base that off of you as a person or us as a coach. Like I have some people most of the time I'm like, Hey, do whatever you want. But I have like two people that they are like, just in their mind. They're so like, Oh my God, I don't want to make the wrong choice. I will have to choose for them. Yeah. Because that is the help that I'm able to give them. But that's personally what I think the best type of cardio is um, in my off season right now, I will do things that are fun, like kayaking or, you know, kind of going and playing at the fucking park. Or mm-hmm. I have one lady who's a mom and she has like a daughter and they do like her cheer dance routine like three times a week um and like it's like kind of like tumbling and stuff and like she's great with like i mean she's a mom and she like tumbles and shit so i'm like hey if that's fun that gets you moving that gets your heart rate up count it it's great it's fine i'm okay with that because you weren't doing that before so it counts um but as far as for for my view on that point that's what i personally think mm-hmm. i will say from like a bodybuilding perspective there might be room for application if the athlete, only if an athlete can truly handle this, right? Because again, if the athlete can't handle it, then like, it doesn't fucking matter. But for bodybuilding application, there might be something to be said about choosing a harder modality when you are Mm -hmm. fresher. And then as the stress starts to accumulate, as you start to get leaner, as your body starts to get inflamed and you're kind of exerting those signs of maybe overtraining, or at least like accumulation of stress where we talked about like, low motivation, low mood, like edema in the legs, concrete legs. There might be something to be said for choosing something like a Stairmaster and then going down to something like the elliptical and then going down to something like a bike, right? So like just kind of titrating down the, the impact of the cardio just to lower fatigue while still needing to burn calories. So yes, no, I agree. I always start my preps. My preps are usually are in the past have been very long. They're usually 20 week preps for me. I'm usually pretty husky in my off season and have a lot of fat to lose. So they take me a little bit longer. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. I also have Hashimoto's. So we really have to watch stress, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, like I'll always start with Stairmaster and then I will switch to the elliptical because it is a lot easier. There was a time where my legs were holding so much inflammation that we actually switched to the row machine. 
a fucking rower um, and used a lot more of my upper body for cardio than it was like stepping on the Stairmaster or anything like that. I thought that was pretty in- interesting that my coach did that before. Um, do I think it worked for me? I think to a point as far as recovery wise, um, I still made the level of leanness we needed to. Is it something that I would probably put in for an athlete? I can't say. I don't know because it was one of my first times ever being on a row machine, but I do mm. think it was worth noting that that was something that I have used in the past and it did get me to my goal um, mm-hmm. specifically for me. Yeah, absolutely. Now I will say for that's, you know, application and bodybuilding where things need to be a bit more regimented because we have a very specific goal and usually a timeline. Like, again, I know you can like pick the show and or pick, you know, you go to the show when your body's ready type of deal, but to some extent you still have to have like a reasonable timeline. So that way you're not just in prep for like, forever yeah yeah forever um (laughs) we'll just keep pushing it back (laughs) that's right we're gonna keep pushing it back you're not ready yet um but i will say i liked your point especially for like lifestyle or off season to think outside the box with your cardio like it doesn't have to be in a gym you want to go kayak you want to go hiking you want to go walks outside you want to you know like play on the playground with your kids for me you best believe that when i like fucking mow my lawn with a fucking push not self-propelled I'm not going to be doing my fucking cardio that day. I'm sorry. My, I know my yard's only like a third of an acre, but when it's like on foot, we're talking like 25,000 fucking steps. And even then it's not like leisure steps. I'm like (laughs) pushing a fucking, even though my yard is mostly flat. Like there are some areas where like, they're like potholes and not potholes, but there's like holes and shit in my yard where it's like to get a fucking mower over that bitch. It's like, (laughs) so it is work. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely counts as movement. It definitely counts. <laughs> um, but the last thing we're going to wrap up that Ash kind of mentioned is just like cardio application and bodybuilding, right? So like how it is different, how it does vary um, because it is an extreme. So like, obviously we are using cardio as a tool when it comes to that point. And the tool is like essentially to promote that fat loss, to improve body composition, to get us to, you know, um, that level of shreddedness that we need to have to be on stage. Right. Um, and as far as when it comes to bodybuilding, like that shit can get rough. Like it can turn into seven days a week, six days a week. Um, it can be really long durations, like over an hour. It can turn into two sessions per day, like, you know, fasted and then post lift. Like the extreme that we get when it comes to bodybuilding is because we are trying to maintain a physique or achieve a physique that is, normally not achievable for people in the everyday common lifestyle. Right. So, um, that is my, like mostly why we, we implement lots and hours of cardio. So when people look at it, they're like, Oh my God, these people are doing all this cardio and they look shredded, but you have to take into consideration, like it goes hand in hand. And there are times where there's people who don't have a lot of cardio in their, um, protocols when it comes to bodybuilding. Like Mm -hmm. I know people that have done, you know, close to an hour and a half a day and they've split it up. Um, I, me personally, I have never done over 50 minutes, which I personally don't think is a lot compared to other people that I've had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it depends on, on you and your physique. But like I said, we are trying to get to a point where it is an insane look. (laughs) So pushing the cardio can be very, very necessary. Mm -hmm. One final thing I want to add, because I'm sure we're going to get a question over it. And it just popped up into my COVID brain, um, fasted versus fed cardio. I would say when it comes to what you can be consistent with long-term, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, you're, you're using lipolytic drugs, i.e. like clenbuterol, yohimbine, 
um, with that like caffeine synergy, stuff like that, then yes, it is going to matter a little bit more because again, like these drugs insert a fat loss effect. So then you are going to want to do it fasted and you are going to want to do it in the fat burn zone. That is like the only time that it's really going to matter much. But at the end of the day, if it's one, it's going to be interrupting your sleep and your sleep quality, or two, you're not going to be able to be consistent with it, or it's going to stress you out with your schedule because let's say you have kids, you're rushing off to school or whatever, like that 0.01% is not going to matter if it's taking you like 30% effort, right? So Mm -hmm. I know people are going to ask fasted versus fed, which one's better? Which one can you be more more intentional with? Which one can you be more consistent with? Because at the end of the day, that is what truly matters long-term to your adherence and to your goals. Exactly. And there is pretty much like Ash said, there is like no wrong time to pretty much do cardio, but I will say you should not do it before your lift only because if your goal is to build muscle mass and have that type of physique, you are going to be exhausted you are going to use the calories that you consumed in your pre-workout meal for cardio instead of training and muscle building. So if you are someone who does your cardio before you lift, think about doing it after. I know it's like kind of like, ah, oh, man, I just want to leave the gym after, but it does prevent, let's say, muscle gains when it comes to doing uh-huh. it before versus after. But other than that, like that would be my only recommendation on like when you should do cardio. Cause everything else, like you said, is going to be situational and what's ever going to be sustainable for you is honestly, what's going to be best. Mm-hmm. And just again, listening to your body when it comes to that recovery portion, like I know some people like they would much rather on like a leg training day, do their cardio on a leg training day, just so that way they get all of their legs out of the way. And then that, that way, the next time before they train legs again, let's maybe say three or four days after then they feel fresher again versus if you train legs and then do cardio, maybe like the day or two after, like, again, that's still going to impact your recoverability to some extent, at least for some people. So like some people like to do cardio on their leg training. Some people are like, no, I just want to focus on my leg training and do my cardio like the day after or the day before. Like it really just does depend on your recoverability. But I just wanted to add that tidbit in there because I know some people like get really like antsy when it comes to like, well, when should I do my cardio in relationship to like my leg training days? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I've done both. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just like, honestly for me, I'm a big person as to like, when I'm, when I'm in prep, it's fasted. It's every day. It's same time in the morning when I'm outside of prep. It's kind of like, what do I have going on? Like, can I fit it in after my workout on leg days, which I prefer, like you said, because of recovery reasons, but sometimes my legs days will take an hour and a half or two hours. And I'm like, well, guess we're not fucking doing it today. Cause I have to get to my next event and that's okay. Right. So that's completely fine. So hopefully with this podcast, you guys have learned a ton of stuff about cardio, the benefits, how we measure it, the different types, um, signs that you're doing too much. What's going to be the best cardio for you? How do we utilize it in bodybuilding? Um, but yeah, so, you know, like obviously as always reach out to Ash or I, if you have questions about any of this stuff or anything bodybuilding related, we're always there to help you. But we thought taking it to a kind of more simpler podcast, but providing you guys with a lot of good knowledge on it, because these can seem like basic questions, but they are good questions and they are important when it comes to changing your physique and changing your lifestyle into a healthier aspect. And so many people get caught up in the, oh, I need the next greatest thing, or maybe it's my hormones, or maybe it's this. And it's, let's take a step back. Let's focus on some of the basics here and just getting you moving and improving your health because then everything else, not only physically, will mentally, but will also fall into place. 
Absolutely. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace. Adios.